You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Yes, thank you for staying with us on Real Presence Live. Uh, Before we move on to our next segment, did you listeners know that you can find Real Presence Live podcasts on our website, realpresenceradio.com, or on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, So be sure to check those out. Jordan, would you like to tell us about our next segment? I would. Um, We have with us um, in studio here at the Mustard Seed Catholic Store, uh, Dominique Charlson, um, who works with Catholic Social Services here in Rapid City. So thank you, Dominique, for being here. Thank you. Um, And would you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, well, I um, am married, and we have a blended um, family of eight children. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, what are their ranges? Um, Fifteen to thirty. Okay, wow, busy, <laughs> busy ages. Yep, yep. We're helping people buy houses and do algebra. So, <laughs> yeah, truly, the whole spectrum. The whole spectrum. <laughs> oh, well, very good. So, yeah. How long have you been with Catholic Social Services? For about a year and a half. Okay. And um, your actual your title, your position there is is the Prosperity Initiative Director. Oh wow. So, can you tell us a little bit about what that means? <laughs> yeah. For me, well, but also yeah. for, yeah. for that everyone is, listening. Yeah. That has been a, a six-year initiative um, with the John T. Vakurvich Foundation, and we partner with Loving. Okay. So, what it does is this kind of has three arms to the, the, um, the initiative. We um, educate the public on being poverty-informed. Mm. So that's one of the main things is teaching Poverty 101, mm-hmm. Poverty 102 classes okay. and engaging in the community and helping them um, learn and develop a vocabulary that can have a com- so they can have a conversation about poverty and what it looks like here in Rapid City. Mm. The second one is we gather, um, we have a coaches network. So we have um, 322 uh, social workers, um, caseworkers in the area that come together and we have meetings every month and mm. we build on that um, platform of understanding mm. and how we use it in our work and how we um, diffuse barriers and yeah. help people who are actually in the trenches of poverty. Mm. Wow. And then we have a pathways program which we service about 50 individuals that are looking for a job skill or education. Mm. And so we help I, okay. We actually work directly, do intensive case management, and mentoring with 50 people at the same wow, time. Wow, that's so great. So that mentorship <laughs> is so, a, so, yeah, a lot. A lot of yep. arms. Most, you the, know, most have yep. two and yep. you know, more. And this is why there's, they are doing some changes as of uh, on June 30th. Uh, we are re-trans, you know, we're kind of transforming some of the um what has been seen in the last six years um the john t Vercurvich foundation is really going to promote and spark that what it takes to be a coach okay and do and take over the initiative for the um poverty informed information we're going to teach a lot more get out into the broader community okay. because so what it is, is that, a, like what's an example of that um, getting out into the broader community. Well, you know, it's a lot for one organization to handle. Yeah. Um, to be responsible. Of, it of, like it. It, it wow. is. And, yeah. and they're very aware after six years of kind of piloting and, and understanding of what's happening, we really need to reach uh, the business community. Mm. So it's like, um, it's really... As humans, we have a hard time focusing on the totality of all the things that need to be done. So all we're doing is we're going to start training more people. To, we're going to do more t- 
T4Ts, train the trainers, mm, so okay. that there's a variety of people teaching all over the Black Hills. Good. And so they're just in the middle of restructuring all of that, and I've been able to be a part of that and writing a specific curriculum that will help um, what we've learned in the sure. last six years That's and continuing forward. Yeah. And so, it's a lot of what it sounds like is that, you know, you're doing a lot of the the work now to lighten your load a little bit later, you know, so it's like, yes. yeah, you know, teaching the teacher is like, you know, really putting supplies together to teach all of these people who then will make yeah. your job a little bit easier in the yeah, future. We, all of us, the speakers come back with a lot of different, um, areas of, um, expertise and mm-hmm. areas of, you know, when you go to college, you have many different college classes and some yep. people really like, and it's nice to have that variety. Mm-hmm. Yes. So mm-hmm. we're all, we're just trying to make more of a variety right. so everybody can chew on it quite right. a bit. There's a lot of different <laughs> tools in a toolbox. Yeah. There is. Equip, yeah. <laughs> Equip yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so good. like right now, what would you say like part of your day to day looks like? at Catholic Social Services? <laughs> well, I'm transitioning into um, the disaster relief coordinator. Mm-hmm. So I will be, so I'm right in the middle of um, helping the 50 transition into um, other community supports. So I'm, I'm down to about 11 mm-hmm. individuals that are going to be transferring. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'm learning all about disaster relief mm-hmm. and what hap- what's happening on this side of wow. South Dakota. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing some... Um, virtual deployment um, for Oklahoma right now um, because they had a storm that when they get negative 22, (laughs) it changes a lot of the things. So working with 16 counties that were deemed um, disaster. So doing that. Yeah. And kind of tying in those two um, areas of our conversations, uh, why is it important for people to be aware of mental health emergencies and not just like physical ones? Well, actually mental health emergencies, I've been a mental health first aid instructor for five years and I've um, instructed and certified. It's a certification course. Okay. So you have to actually enroll. Mm. Um, So it's very similar as basic first aid. Okay. Okay. So basic first aid is you go to, you enroll yourself into a class, you learn an acronym on how to save lives Mm -hmm. and what to do. Call 911 and you practice. Yeah. So this is mental health first aid. Okay. So you learn an action step. It's a five step. um, It's called LG, A-L-G-E-E. And you learn that and you learn how to use it in mental health emergencies or with somebody who has a condition, a mental health condition. Okay. So conditions come in mild, moderate, and severe forms. And so one out of five people on any given time in the, of the year experience mental health conditions. So it's really common. It's a lot more common than we think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And anybody can have a mental health crisis, correct? Yes. And when that's happening, it's actually a medical emergency. Um, wow. um, mental illnesses are mental are, are medical illnesses that have environmental yeah. triggers. So as yeah, much as I, we don't want to give credit to the brain as being an organ, it mm-hmm. is a very three pound soft cut it with a butter knife mm-hmm. um, organ that needs just as much as attention as if you were having appendicitis sure. or you were yes. having a bleeding ulcer and I'm treating you or helping you or a broken arm. Yeah. Um, well, and, and it is it's so huge for this this training of this of what to do in those circumstances. Yeah. Um, because it's so un, un like talked about, um, you know, like everyone, <laughs> we had those, uh, like, um, CPR dummies come into our yep. high school and yep. like everyone knows staying alive, staying alive, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, uh, that <laughs> mental side of things, you know, like right. I, I wouldn't have the slightest idea, you know, how to proceed and, and those, those, um, those issues arise just as much, if not more by the sounds of it. And 
in the world. It is. It's 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 common to ignore or misdismiss or um, ignore just because um, with a heart attack, it's kind of right in front of you. Mm-hmm. But with somebody with suicidal ideation, mm-hmm. um, it's easy to kind of it takes some information in, but just miss or dismiss it. Um, we have this way of um, trying to um, assess risk risk. Okay. And so this course really helps you. Is it an emergency or is it a non-emergency? And you can kind of pick it apart and you learn the action steps and learn how to, it just brings you a lot of uh, the ability to calm down so that you can be an effective helper. Because so many times we think, you know, if somebody was choking and we know the Heimlich maneuver, you know, but it's almost like mental health issues because we can't fix it right away it's not touchable yeah we can't just do a couple things and the you know all all better (laughs) yeah so is this like these mental health certification courses are these open to just like anybody who wants to anybody in the public yes Um, you have one coming up don't you i do yes i do i have a few and and you know it's the state um um is always trying to help so they have um they have funding for suicide um, education and sometimes you can receive funding, but typically it's one hundred and twenty-five dollars. It's twenty-five dollars for the manual and a hundred dollars for the certification. Mm. And it you can do a blended version now since COVID happened. Um, usually it was just eight hours all day, or two four-hour sections, but now you can do two hours online and then six hours or four, or four hours um, in person. So or one hundred percent virtually, oh. which is. The uh, Council of Behavioral <laughs> Health said they would never do that, but, you know, <laughs> here we are. COVID has changed yeah. a lot yes, of things. So, yes. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about the, the an acronym? Yes. And, and what it yes, LG, um, the A stands for assess for the risk of suicide or harm. So you're looking at, you know, assessing for the risk of suicide or harm and then what, what self-harm is. And L is listening mm. non-judgmentally. Which we can teach listening skills, but really learning non-judgmental listening is very another whole step. Uh, G is give reassurance and information. So giving really good, um, appropriate information that's current and that you know the resources and you know the phone calls Mm. and the phone numbers work. And you're doing it in a reassuring way. Mm. Because you don't, they need hope. Like like in in these conversations, I'm sure like, um, which... So reassurance. Yeah. Yes, reassurance. And then um, E, the first E is um, um, ask for, or it's uh, encourage appropriate professional help. Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> My coffee just like kicked uh-huh. in. Encourage appropriate professional help. So really knowing in your community who um, is available for professional help, how mm-hmm. much it costs, mm-hmm. um, if it's an eating disorder. Right. I mean, there's many different things, d- different areas when we get into different categories of anxiety versus depression mm. um, versus both or PTSD or trauma related. And the last D is encourage self-help and other support strategies. So a lot of us sometimes don't realize that many people live uh, most of their lives without knowing that they have a diagnosable mm. wow. mental mm. illness. So they, they learn how to cope. And they've been doing the best they can until they, you know, either acknowledge the fact that there is something wrong or it could be something that's diagnosable Mm -hmm. or um, they've used certain coping mechanisms. And so it's always encouraging to look at the ones that are maybe as unfavorable, even though they maybe look like they were working drugs and alcohol Mm -hmm. or different types of risky behaviors. At the time, it might have looked good, but (laughs) consequences. (laughs) Yeah. Consequences Mm -hmm. in long term. Does it, is it going to work over a period of time? 
time? And are you going to create another mental health crisis, which is substance use disorder? So we really help um, 50% of all mental illness begins before the age of 14. Wow. So signs and symptoms are beginning 50% of it before 14. So when you wrap your mind around that, there's half of people with mental illness and mental health conditions are have already been experiencing signs and symptoms for a very long time before help and support is mm. is received. So it's looking past that judgment. It's looking past. It's using when you're emotionally involved. It's using an action step so that you can become a first aider. Mm-hmm. So even if it's a loved one, a good friend, somebody yeah. really close to you, you can just wear that hat. And say, you know, I love you, but I'm going to use my mental health first aid. And right now I'm going to step into a different role and I'm going to assess you and I'm going to do this. Because it's very hard for them knowing that what role you played in their life. Sure. Well, and so that's the power of it. Yeah, well, and when, that's great. And when you equipped the loved ones who spend those days, you know, so much time with those people yes. to be able to truly like, like um, have the tools needed to, to assess them, then... Like, people can get the help quicker than they need, yes. you know. That's exactly. Would be worth so much. And, and yes. your loved ones, you want to care for them. You want to, right. you know, know. But a lot of times you yourself don't, you know, don't know how is, to help. And this, you know, 10% of mental illness is treatment resistant. And then there's a majority of it that take a very long time. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's non-curable. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to pause right there because I want to come back to what we're talking about. Um, but we need to go to a break. Yes. So stay with us here on Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Yeah, I've been listening to Catholic Radio, <clears throat> starting out in Seattle, uh, Sacred Heart Radio. Had a had a long commute, and you know, searching through the stations, kind of came up upon Catholic Radio, and you know, people were asking a lot of questions that I had, and I was able to kind of passively listen to all the different responses and ponder those, and kind of carry on a conversation <laughs> with the radio in my car, and and then proceed to look things up further as I as I learned about it. So so I have a lot of favorites, um, did a lot for me in my life and continues to um, really like Catholic Answers and all the uh, different themed hours they have where people can call in and ask virtually anything, um, like Crest in the Afternoon, getting that uh, Catholic perspective um, on, the, on the news for the day and all that's going on. Um, you know, and I, I could go on and on uh, like all the programs. For more than 20 years, the University of Mary has watched students thrive through affordable, flexible, and formative online education programs. Now, we are delighted to announce the expansion of these offerings with the robust portfolio of advanced education options created intentionally for the Catholic working professional. Our programs offer accelerated formats with classes beginning every five weeks throughout the year and the potential for a return on your investment in the very first year. Visit us at catholicprofessional.life. 
This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, listeners. Uh, My name is Laura Hawk, and I'm here in Rapid City, South Dakota with Jordan Miller. Um, We'll be diving back into our conversation with Dominique Charlson, who's here in Rapid City with our Catholic Social Services. Um, So we've been just learning a lot about their mental health first aid and all that she does through Catholic Social Services. Um, But to kind of dive back into it, Dominique, will you give us an overview of where this curriculum um, all came from? Of course. Um, It was started in Australia by a nurse, actually. Mm. Her name was Betty Kitchener. And she actually experienced mild to moderate depression and anxiety herself. Mm. And so throughout the course of her um, um, professional experience, she saw that there was a lot of things that people did um, not to, to, by any stretch of to hurt anybody, but there were a lot of little things that, that she saw that people said and did that weren't helpful. Mm. And it was really almost um, very eye-opening to her. She thought, well, we have first aid um, for medical uh, triage. Why don't we have mental health first aid Mm. where people can actually learn and um, take a back and sit down and think about and process how they can do things a little bit different. And so she, usually around the world, it's actually taught in two days. It's a 16-hour course. Okay. Okay. In the U.S., it's eight hours. Because <laughs> we are like goldfish. With a little so, attention span. We have less mental health here. <laughs> yeah. than no, no. <laughs> Tricky. That so we, gives, that we do what we like can in eight hours. Right. Okay. We, we, it started with at 14 hours, and then it went to 12, and then now we're down to eight. Okay. And, and so... Um, Yes, uh, she wanted to have a fur- full day to do- kind of dedicate to information around mental health disorders and then a full day for practice. Mm. So it's really like if you can think about four hours of talking about lots of different for- information and then four hours of practice. So very yeah. simple, very similar to basic first aid, you know, working on the mannequins and things like that. We actually practice. Oh, wow. That'd so, be really helpful for me. I'm totally yeah. like learn by doing and not yep. like you can tell me all the information and it could be helpful to me, but I don't really like for me at least like it's helpful for me to like, okay, work like, yeah, work through it and like yeah. actually practice what is being like told to me. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a good, yes. important yeah. aspect. Yeah. So, so who would you consider, um, who, who would you say should consider being trained in this mental health first aid? I, you know, I'm a little biased, <laughs> I but bet. Uh, I bet. <laughs> because of um, all of the training that I've had, um, I've, you know, been through the police academy. I've worked in juvenile corrections. Um, I've, I've been a nonprofit director for 20 years of small nonprofits myself. And when I discovered this training, um, I immediately um, wanted to go to the training and become a trainer. Mm-hmm. And that's, and once I did, it basically changed my life. Yeah. It was everything in a nutshell that you could use tangible tools, things that were so helpful that I wished at 18 or 19 when I was starting my career that I would have had the, these skills. Wow. Sure. Wow. I mean, if you could just go back and, yeah. and wish yeah. because everything that I ever did and I made many mistakes, just mm-hmm. same as Betty Kitchener witnessed and probably made herself many mistakes that um, I could have avoided if I would have been a little bit more conscious of the things that yeah. I was doing, how I was saying it, what I was saying, sure. um, how well it was received, listening, and then being able to listen non-judgmentally. And yeah. I know that's a skill that's developed over time. 
but anybody 18 and over can take this class. Um, the certification is good for three years, but I've had people just take it every year. And mm -hmm. there's different different areas. There's a, an adult, adult course. There's a juvenile course. Obviously, juveniles mm -hmm. and adults are very different. Mm -hmm. um, there's one for elderly. So wow. those, those who work with elderly. Yeah. There's one for higher education. So oh, yeah. in the, you know, 18 to 27. And there's one for firefighters and first responders. Whoa. They had a, a, one of the highest occupational rates of suicide. Mm -hmm. And for police. So oh. um, there's one for rural. So areas where it takes them two and a half hours to get to a local hospital or a safe place. Mm. Yeah. So, mm. so Dominique, after you received this, you know, or after you went to it a couple times, um, are there any stories that you can recall um, where you really did put the put the things that you were taught into action or how it helped you, um, you know, in a moment, in a tough conversation or something such as that? Well, in my whole professional career, and I find this even um, when there are therapists and doctors and nurses in my classes, they, they never had the time to sit down and ask the person the question of suicide. Mm. They never really knew. They always knew what to, you know, knew what to say, like you said, got the information, mm -hmm. but they never actually sat there face to face and found out what it was like to hear it out coming out of their mouths yeah. and hear how it was received. And, and a lot of people... Um, over the years didn't know that they would immediately start to cry mm -hmm. or to break down or to have an enormous amount of feeling about it. Yeah. But they don't realize that everything takes practice. You know, knowing that off the bat, right. it could help yeah. you because you could practice. Yeah. And I would imagine that, like, um, you know, like when you teach courses to, like, therapists or, you know, medical professionals or whatever, that I think sometimes um, people get caught up so much in, like, like the the practical things like I have these forms to fill out I have this paperwork to document and all of this stuff where they it almost is a loss of opportunity for the actual relational like yes. mental health first aid part you know where it's like if you if I just sat down and talked to the person you know I think that yeah. would that would say a lot more and I'd be more well informed about their situation rather than just putting it down on like checking the boxes or writing on the forms and you know and so do you see some of that where like that this first aid training can kind of lend itself to situations like this for those. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. It reminds you that, thank the Lord, we have this organ in our body that mm. helps us not stay robotic. Yeah. Um, it does take time. This is what makes us human. Sure. Is yeah. that we can't fix everything with a Band-Aid or a, mm -hmm. you know, a, a syrup <laughs> that yeah. we do, right. that, it, it, that it connects our emotional and physical and spiritual end of mm -hmm. it. And it's all unwrapped and encompassed. So sure. it, it does take time. Yeah. You know, and it, it, it reminds us because you're right. I've taken people to the ER, um, that are having suicidal crisis mm -hmm. and uh, I did have a situation a few times and I won't mention where I was, but sure. I had a triage nurse say, you don't, you're not going to kill yourself, are you? And the way she said it yeah. was not helpful. Yeah. And immediately she knew she was a young nurse, probably in her early twenties. And immediately she knew what she had done because you're right. She wasn't, she usually, she yeah, would just she cross She was just off. like the intake of the yeah. situation. But yeah. here we were a Friday night. I had a, a, a girl that was probably your same age, all dressed up, mm -hmm. ready to go out mm -hmm. and happened to be in the ER. And she was just confused by that. Mm. Like, you're not going to kill yourself, are you? Oh, and yeah. Then she looked at me immediately with fright, and here I am with two people looking at me immediately <laughs> right. with fright. And I just said, you know, I knew, I know what you want to say, yeah. but what would you would you like to say it again? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I just looked at her with peace because you're now providing mental health first aid to her, right? right. Yeah. Because she... Because she got herself in this situation that she didn't intend to. Right. You know, it just... Like, we're human. Yeah. yeah. We're human, aren't we? Wow. Yeah. And yeah. so every time you think the helper can sometimes be the person who needs help. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the cool thing about, you know... Yeah. Understanding well and understanding that we're not perfect and that we need we needed help at all time and our mental health will make sure that we're aware of that. Yeah, truly. So do would you say that this is something that um, either one or all of you know our parish priests here in the diocese could you know take advantage of or should be trained in in some capacity? Well, and of course, no, I don't, yeah, well, I don't, I was like, I already I don't think, to this question. I know, and it, and it, you know, and I don't want to just, I, I, I understand what you're saying and it would be lovely for everybody because it would, it would not only just take the course, but actually use it. Mm. You know, many times, you know, we go to workshops and, and programs and we learn something really fast and then we take this cute little book and we put it back on the shelf. And what would, <laughs> I would love more is for people to actually say, Hey, you know, I saw this this gentleman or this this person that did you did you assess them for the risk of suicide or harm? Because mm-hmm. I listened to them for probably about an hour and a half, and I didn't do the assessment, but I did give him some good information, yeah. and maybe told him professional help. But the whole thing has not been done. Yeah. So see, when you're having a language, and you, mm-hmm. this is somebody that maybe you're seeing over and over again, you guys yeah. can have that common language and say, it's really important to assess for the risk, though. Yeah. Because yeah. that's usually the hard part. Like, who's going to do the assessing? Mm-hmm. Yes. You and know? do it, ta- like, tactfully. And, yeah. And, 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 and it could be different. Like, think of us, just us together, yeah. all the people that you know. And I might be the right person, maybe. Mm-hmm. But you might be the right person and right. to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, sure. it gives us a way to talk together and... Um, it, mental health is complex and yeah. it's scary and I and I get and a lot of the information that we get we get from media so it's not helpful <laughs> because we it, it just kind of engages our fear a little bit further and makes us um, a little bit more scared and pulled away when really most people that are have mental health conditions are actually victims of crime they're not yeah. the perpetrator yeah which this is yeah that's why this this curriculum is so necessary so if if any of our listeners are interested in, in learning more or seeing if there is a an upcoming workshop or um, opportunity online, where should they yeah. go, Dominic? Um, they should go to Catholic Social Services um, website. What we're going to do is I'm going to host a whole page on mental health first aid now that awesome. I am transitioning into a different position. Yeah. I can really, I really, this has been my heart and passion for a long time. So they can go to the um, Catholic Social Services and look okay. what we have available. And pretty soon I'll have a whole Facebook and wow. blog and Twitter on it of mental health first aid in the Black Hills. Good. Yeah. That's good. So we'll have stories and videos yeah. and we're and gonna stay, make it alive. Wow, yeah, good. That's they, great. They should uh, revisit it. It sounds like it's gonna uh, yeah. be growing ever more. We, it, it's, it's something awesome. that should be alive. It should be yeah. growing, like yeah. you said. Yeah, yeah. Because I think sometimes even like, if I was to encounter someone with like, you know, that I could even that I could visibly tell, which I, you know, was having like some sort of mental health crisis or, like, me not knowing what to do would almost make me like, I I don't know what to do, so I'm gonna. Yeah like mm-hmm. leave <laughs> or like fly, like yeah. flee yeah and yeah. like i not not to like because i'm like wanting to be uncharitable but it's like i don't know what to do and i don't want to make the situation worse right. you know right. and no. so that's helpful to have you know yeah. like places to go with an abundance of resources yeah. oh dominique thank you um for everything that you are doing here yeah, in our thank community. you for inviting me yeah yeah and thanks for visiting <laughs> with us um we yes we have enjoyed it
Yeah. What do we have coming up, Jordan? Um, yeah, it's a peaceful place nestled into the fields and woods with a 33-foot state of statue of the sacred art of Jesus. Um, learn more about this amazing pilgrimage destination during our next interview on Real Presence Live. Thanks for staying with us.